Halloween kills. All right. Yeah. Welcome everyone <laughs> to the Pantheon. Well, we wish you happy Halloween. I'm your host, Ray. And I'm Abby. Mm-hmm. It's about like, of course, Mike Myers again. Mm-hmm. Um, still around killing, which was all right. You know, more killing. Yeah, um, baby. <laughs> you know, other people, you know, too much blood. I felt it was mm-hmm. to a point, right? Anyway, um, yeah, it was all right. I can't complain. The end was pretty good. I was shocked at the end because I didn't expect um, um, Mike Myers to, for what happens, it was okay. You know, I thought it was the end, but it wasn't. But that's okay. I'd give it uh, maybe seven or eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just my idea. It's, that's just what I thought it was worth. It wasn't bad though. So, what was the plot of the movie? Like, if, so, what was the point of this film? Um, it was a uh, point of the movies is that somebody got blamed for all the killings in this movie. Sorry, I won't. I won't. Um, that's all I'll say. It was well done. Mm-hmm. Um. And what's her name? Who was the main character? The woman? I forget. Oh, um, Laurie Strode. Laurie Strode. Yeah. Uh, so before I saw this movie, I decided to read the novelization from uh, from uh, Tim Wagner or Wagner, uh, and I'm glad I did because uh, I would be on the same page as everyone else because how you interpret this film, um, it is a time filler until you get to the ending. You know, and that's the consensus I get from uh, fans, people who I've spoken to who've seen this film, critics that I've respected who've seen this film. Um, it's not a horribly constructed film. The movie, the film is done, it's shot well, and the sequences are shot competently. So anything I'm going to say is not necessarily negative. It's just the structure of this movie um, is just... a feels like a layover to until you get to the ending to until you get to yeah. how and that is the that is the consensus of the general critique of this movie i know in rotten tomatoes this is like bordering on 30 percent, something like that so and it's because of you know nothing is gained or nothing is learned uh to an extent um so when i read the novelization i'll get into that um the first th- third if, if you write the book into thirds the first third is basically the cold open of this movie hmm. you have lonnie yeah. and you have cameron uh cameron is the son of lonnie lonnie was a little boy who in 1978 uh met michael myers and then uh, as he was going to his house and never killed him he's just the little boy that kind of cowled on the floor as the boogeyman came close to him so he's one of the people who survived the night in 78 as a grown-up michael myers then then doing his first killing as an adult you know, and before we fast forward to um, 2018, which is surprising how much we went into it. I mean, and the reason why they have it is to explain like why the kids were there fighting with this kid 
uh, in Halloween and what who the kids are and what the relationship is and and how Will Patton's character, Officer Hawkins, what he did like back then and how Michael Myers got out. Donald Pleasance, who plays uh, Loomis, is seen in this movie. So it's nice to have um, some recall to the original uh, film. Okay, so the, the so yeah, so the novelization is it works for me because you kind of understand like who was doing what, what happened, what was really going on at the time. So stuff that you can't say uh, in a movie or how they were feeling, why they were doing this, getting the motivations. Uh, the novelization really gets into um, Tommy Doyle, Anthony Michael Hall. Sorry, weird science. I always think of weird science and anyways, understanding like why like he's the the boy that survived that, that Laurie Strode protected from Michael Myers, a little boy from that night in 78 he's growing up so he has trauma he has anger issues a lot of anger issues uh that anger issues is more it's more expressed more in the book um you know they talk about him being able to whistle like bird noises or, or sounds they discuss that a little bit like how he can like whistle and call people that as a, as a signal the stuff that you may not pick up on that's important uh you get in the film they just but the thing is they what they touch upon in the in the movie is really fleshed out in novelization. That being said, I'm not recommending the reading of a novelization because you're not going to get anything new from it other than understanding the inmate that escapes with Michael Myers, but what he was really going through at the time. There's only two escapees that survived. We learned in the movie that actually didn't get found was Michael Myers and him. And the reason, the, the one thing I didn't pick up until I saw the movie was why they think he's Michael Myers because they look at the picture of Michael and look at the picture of this guy. And you're like, oh, no, this is clearly Michael Myers, right? They wouldn't just like, because no one's seen Michael without a mask on, so they, they can't tell the difference, right? So that's how um, uh, this poor guy was being chased down, you know? And the theme of it is being evil dies tonight and trying to, like, you know, it's about the mob mentality, uh, you know? I don't know if it's a reflection of, like, January 6th, the rioting and capitals, you know? But when you have a, a sickness, a ongoing, like, problem, and you're, you're getting a crowd mentality to help you attack it because of frustration for whatever external reasons that's, that, that's going on. Uh, you can relate it to this movie. And I don't know if that's what um, uh, David Gordon Green, who directed this movie, and Danny McBride and uh, Seth and Scott Green, uh, these are the writers. So, uh, yeah, so they wrote all three, they wrote, they wrote the entire trilogy. Uh, so I don't know how much, what if there's any outside influences, but I think they, they are infused some of that into the movie. When you watch this, Evie, what are you thinking? Like in terms of like real events, like in terms of the, the mob mentality, because you, 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 okay, okay let, let me, let me rephrase that. So the doctor in the first movie is what set the whole thing in motion, right? He's the one that went, uh, this week he gives away. So the doctor, his, Michael's first original doctor was the one who wanted to have Laurie Strode and Michael meet. He wants to see a, a shark, a, like a killer in his environment. Now that's not realistic. I mean, you you don't. I mean, that's not morally sound. But for a person who studies psychology, is it better to understand? Is it better for? You, would it be better for you to see the patient, even as it, even if it has negative implications? Is it better to understand the patient in his environment? Is that an easier way to figure something out, or is it yeah. just therapy and discussion and try to figure something out to diffuse it? Well, you could um, just um, speak. Well, um, look at the patient, see how he feels or whatever, and then you could, and then after, like you um, 
um, uh, done that. You can look at um, at the doctor himself uh, with other doctors just to understand like what they want, you know, so no, because you can't know what's happening in, with somebody unless you understand them. Because if you don't understand them, what's the reason for doing it? You know, you got to understand them and then figure out like doctor himself or herself. So, yeah, I think uh, that you have to understand like the patient themselves. That's or a good question. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, else what? Or else you miss the whole point. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't understand the patient, because mm-hmm. then why do it, you know? You, that's, a, that's like stabbing somebody um you've got to understand um like the doctor so then uh, uh you know what happened to them and that's easy uh, without guessing which is what the um, um doctors themselves yeah, anyway it's uh <laughs> it's this that know this know that you know um help the patient or not or or not understand like the the patient that would be um useless unless you understand why he's there you know so it was all right it was an all right movie i didn't mind it yeah the the scene actually because it just brought my attention this is the theme that they are pursuing i i just i'm noticing that now is is the perception is the eye is the is the human eye okay in the 78 movie yes laurie stabs him in the eye so when you look at him now he has he's only like like michael myers um and jason Voorhees. they only have one eye that actually works mm-hmm. but uh when you in the 1978 movie when he's a child uh in the 60s i think it was 63 or whatever it was when he was when he, before he became the adult killer we saw him kill his sister through his eyes with the mask on so yeah. the, the entire f- sequence, and I think it's the first time I think in cinematic history, or or it, has, or it hasn't been done very often, where we're seeing the killings done from his from his perspective, both mm-hmm. eyes looking at his sister as he's stabbing her and killing her. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't get that in Psycho. You don't get that in uh, necessarily in like Jason movies or whatever. It's like literally from the time he picks up the knife. Time he goes up the stairs and goes to his sister, unsuspecting, mm-hmm. and slaughters her. It's all through his perspective. It's through his lens, literally, you know. And then we come out and we see the child. Now, with um, this movie, and I, it's only because you did mention it, it. You have to understand that you have to understand his perspective. Is that we learn that he's obsessed. He always comes home. And he's obsessed for looking out the window where he killed his sister. And we're wondering, like, what is he seeing? There's something that he is seeing. Is it the reflection of himself in the mirror, or is there something he's not that that's that makes him come come back to it every single time? Whether it's 38 years or whatever years later, he comes back to see something. And I don't know. I I'm, my guess is that we're going to find out what it is 
when we get to the fun the finale because then if if we learn something from all of this like there's actual a method behind the madness it would be a great reward like a great um uh understanding of this character because if not it's a MacGuffin, and hopefully it's not mm-hmm. but the, okay. but i'm walking away or i get to walk away with something that's like oh there's something there that we're not seeing there's something he's he's he has to look through or see whether whether it's to satisfy him or to calm him or what whatever i, I mean i don't know that's fascinating also the fact that without the mask he's docile like he could get hurt it's he could feel pain but when he's the shape as which is what you call him and af- after he kills he becomes more than just a, a man like he actually you can shoot him you can stab him you can beat him up with a bat but he will get up and he will slaughter each and every one of you because he had he is the pain is nothing it's it's just there and he will move forward and come after you uh that that's explained in, in the novelization a little bit more clearly but we see it very textilely or very adamant uh, adamantly in the movie too and and what makes him a monster because one of the things that loomis says in the beginning in the flashbacks did he kill did michael kill and he didn't kill the cop he didn't shoot the cop you know so like it you know so like the that when he kills does he does he actually transcends to the next level does he become a super monster like does that make him um supernaturally in, embedded or something is there did he make a deal with the devil like what are the things that, that, that are they're making him what he is they say he's the boogeyman though they say they call him the, sh- the shape like what does that mean contextually and psychologically so these are the things that i find interesting and then if for anything else this movie does it helps explore the psychological parameters of this character and understanding this is where we're going if it doesn't explain what it's setting up part three will fail tremendously after giving a whole movie an entire film dedicated to understanding or getting a direction of a, a killer that has no plot like he's a you know a great white shark who has no like because we learned that he wasn't he had it's not personal like he's not looking for lori the doctor sent him to see what happens like there's all he wants to do is head home and so what does that mean so i find that very interesting i just don't know what it means yet that puzzle box is intriguing if they don't have an answer to the puzzle box uh the movie is going to fail for me in a very large way though for the audiences everyone wants to see Louis Strode, uh, the Jamie Lee Curtis character, and the Michael Myers really get it on. They want the fight of the century. Next, next, the best thing since Godzilla and King Kong. You want to see these two people go at it. It's forty years in the making of like anger pent up. Who are going to like basically going at it? You know, like it's like Sarah Connor's in a Terminator. You want to see this mano a mano like you know death match of psychology as well as like cunning and, and just a killing machine, which is the payoff. Um, any more? Any ideas from you? Mm, no, not really. It was a good film. Um, and yeah, I do agree with your uh, idea about knowing the person before the doctor, you know, like you gotta know your patient or else your patient might kill you, you know? Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so no, it was a good movie. I understand it. It was well done. All right. Well, uh, before we go, let me check out the email bag. Buford, mailbag song. Hit it! 
Letters. I get letters. So many letters. Oh, this is from uh, Harrison, and Harrison writes, when Blumhouse's 2018 Halloween hit theaters, it was billed as a franchise sequel that would be the most faithful to the spirit of the 78 original. While that film was a mixed bag in terms of overall quality, it now seems like a masterpiece compared, compared to this near-complete incompetence of a film, Halloween Kills. Okay, next what I have is from... Uh, I'm going to call it Linda. I'm going to say Linda. I don't think I got it right. Linda writes, Halloween Kills is the definition of a sequel for the sake of making a sequel, or more accurately, the sake of making money. It not only adds nothing to the story, it destroys some of the good things from the 2018 version. I've been looking forward to this movie for a long time with the COVID delays, and I sadly have to say it's not worth the wait at all. So, yeah, it's... um, Yeah, so like... Uh, all I can say is from reading the novelization, you kind of get a better idea of um, the husband and wife who are in the car, the, who played the doctors in the car, and how that and how they deal with Michael Myers. Um, uh, Lindsay and uh, Tommy Doyle, uh, who, are, who are victims, who are survivors of the incident. Uh, you get more of that. Kylie Richards, who is from the, the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, she was originally Lindsay from the 1978 film. You know, uh, you and I know her from *Escape from Witch Mountain*. The little girl from that. You know, she's grown up, revisiting the role again, as she did in *Harry Potter*. But all grown up, so it's really cool how they go back to the past and actually get the original actors to do this, um, including, including the nurse. The nurse came out of retirement. Uh, who played the nurse in the movie um, to, to to play the role for this movie again? Uh, so it's nice to play homage to the originals because they know Nick Castle uh, was also plays the shadow. Uh, the shape, sorry. So uh, I have to give kudos for that. They were play, paying homage to the original, to the to the OGs of the franchise. Um, I just wish it was a little bit more uh, for them, but still, uh, it's it does you know picture it to the past and homage to it. The only thing that will save this movie, honestly, Abby, I'm going to say, is that if this final movie sticks to landing, if it fails, then. Uh, the only good thing about the movie was the first movie and nothing else. And uh, I'm hoping it doesn't follow. I hope it doesn't become the Matrix, where the first one was a masterpiece and two and three kind of like fall by the wayside in the grand scheme of it all. Um, last words from you? Um, good movie. Um, lots of lots of blood and stuff, but it. But yeah, um, like you just hit it on the head. Why the actions of the the killer does what he does you know mm -hmm. because there has to be a, um, a reason why he does and that makes the film um, understandable I think you know mm -hmm. like why watch it um, if you don't understand it or or if you do understand it the movie will tell you why if you can figure that out so that's it for me okay all right well on that happy halloween we'll be reviewing halloween ends next halloween but so it's a year away from it for us but it's already been out uh so on that note i'm ray i'm evie we'll see you next week take care yeah baby <laughs> my grandmother was right the boogeyman was real it's over you can't hurt anyone ever again
No one told you. Told me what? Michael Myers is alive. Stop! You had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison should not have to keep running. Evil dies tonight. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line to Michael's childhood home. What do we do? We fight. Let's hunt him down.